Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world, anyone from professional custodians all the way up to presidential candidates of other countries. My big bodacious dream, and I believe my my family would support this as well, is to interview our top-level leaders of the country that I was born in, that I reside in, in the United States of America, whether the current leadership or uh, former top leaders that are still alive today, because I believe they have a lot of insight and wisdom if you're running a nation uh, or if you used to run a nation to give some wisdom to people that lead businesses, that lead communities that lead, churches that lead, families, Um, and especially if they're former leaders because they have hindsight, they have decisions that they might have done differently knowing the outcome. The mission of this show is in alignment with the brand of Move Happy to help empower you to find happiness from within. And... Sometimes I speak myself. I I believe I have spirit-led inclinations from my faith system, my DT, which I believe in the creator of the universe. And this morning I was waking up a little bit stuffed up in the nose and a little bit of issues with my breathing. So I got my inhaler out and I've used it a couple times, and I believe that the Creator, despite uh, not feeling well today, the Creator is encouraging me to share a message with you about the power of faith, F-A-I-T-H. That is what you choose to believe in. Um, I had talked a few episodes ago uh, on a topic called Ultimate Concern, uh, which which was uh, a book that was written by Paul Tillich probably like a hundred years ago or something like that. Um, the power of your faith is something that you get to choose every day. And when I speak on topics that I feel inclined to speak on from the creator's nudge in my heart, I don't, I don't plan it out. This is something just completely impromptu. And it's not comfortable for me because I'm an extremely planned out person. I wasn't always that way uh, when I was... When I was a young girl, I struggled with organizational things. I struggled, I was in remedial reading in seventh grade. Um, in eighth grade, let's see, it was seventh or eighth grade, I had Miss Glass, or Mrs. Glass was my science teacher, and she gave me some feedback one day. She said, you would do a lot better in school if you were more organized, and I didn't know how to get more organized, but I remembered that feedback. And 
after graduate school around 2014 fall, there was a fair event. Uh, I grew up in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Um, it used to be called the Puyallup Fair, and now they call it, the, I believe, the Washington State Fair. But nonetheless, there was there was this barn where there was a bunch of booths set up for different vendors, different businesses, and I love to win free things. Or back then, I loved to win free things, and I didn't mind giving my information away so I could enter a contest and win free product. And I won a free product for skincare, decided, um, got to try it out for 30 days. My partner and I at the time split it, so we uh, shared the bottle and did our feedback and whatnot and loved it and ended up a few months later after I I got full-time. I was teaching part-time, substituting, and then I got a contract for a .6 FTE PE teacher, and I was coaching uh, for the first time. I was coaching cross-country in a low-income school district, and um, I I did a good enough job at the high school I was teaching. Uh, for the first time ever in my career path, I was teaching high school PE, and it was a weird situation. It was a late start, and uh, or I should say, it was it was a late start offer of a contract because they at this high school was. Um, it was at Stadium High School, which if you ever saw the movie 10 Things I Hate About You with Heath Ledger and oh, what is that gal's name? She's a phenomenal actress. She was in a, a real famous dancing movie. Anyway, I'm terrible with actors and actresses' names. Uh, Styles, I think. Julia Styles, maybe. Mm. Uh, that movie was filmed at this high school, and this is where my uncle taught for many, many years. And I had never taught high school. I had seven or eight weeks in my student teaching experience um, in a high school setting, but the mentor teacher would not allow me to teach. Um, She was extremely controlling. She loved her students so much so she did not have any faith in me. (laughs) So I got to observe a lot of things, but I didn't actually get to facilitate any lessons. There was one part of a lesson for about five minutes that I got to teach, and then she didn't let me teach any more than that. So I was offered this contracted job. I was, well, I should say I kind of stepped into the principal's office, shook hands with him, because one of the students one day when I substituted said uh, she was so frustrated that they needed a PE teacher, but they hadn't hired anyone yet. And I was subbing in, a, a, it was like a special ed class. And so I asked for details, and she's like, yeah, there's just like 90 kids in here, and we're all just like, running around like cattle there's nothing that we could do but there's two teachers so they need a third teacher to split it up into three classes I was like "Ooh, there's a need let me plant a seed so I went into the principal's office at the end of the school day and said hi my name is Erin I'm substitute I'm a new uh, teacher in the school district but I'm not new to teaching I heard that you have a need for um, high school uh, for the PE department Um, I am an endorsed health and fitness instructor uh, would love to to offer my services if if there would be a need for it. And so he's like, okay, great. Can you send me your resume and whatnot? So I got the resume set up. Um, I, I reached out to my uncle, and uh, he actually called and spoke to the principal and put in a good word for me. So thanks, Uncle Terry. 
and got offered the job and it was 0.6. It was weird because it was every single day, but it was only half days. So I couldn't really get another job um, other than I did coach, which wasn't a lot of money, but it was a great life experience to coach middle school girls cross country. It was the first year they ever had a cross country team. And I love to run. So I knew that I would be a great coach for them to give them a positive first year experience. And so I co uh, coached it with uh, a teacher from that school. And it was it was a different school district that I coached in um, compared to where I was teaching in. So I was kind of driving all over. So I wasn't making enough money, but I was grateful for what I was receiving. Um, and about halfway through, so I started late in the year and the students had already been there for like, I'm going to say a month and a half. It was like summer around October time. They got the contract. I signed the contract and whatnot. And it was actually a continuing contract. And what that means for continuing or non-continuing means that they had opened the position. Continuing means you had a guaranteed spot the following year. Um, there was a, I want to say she was the band or choir teacher. Um, she taught a few classes of music and she was getting ready to retire. Um, they had her teaching a Japanese class. Well, she wasn't teaching it. She was the licensed instructor in the class. It was actually an online class for the students, but they had to have a licensed teacher in the classroom. And she taught one PE class as well. And without having an endorsement in it, I'm not sure how they were able to do that, but in any case, she got injured in the PE class and like she got hit in the head or hit her head got hit, slammed against the wall or something. It was really weird. So she got injured and decided to retire early. So an opening became available and they asked me <clears throat> to cover her Japanese class and uh, cover her other PE class. So I was teaching four PE classes and basically walking around observing the, the Japanese uh, student, um, the, the class for Japanese language to make sure the students were not on other websites, <laughs> basically just accountability. Like, because I don't, I don't know how to speak Japanese. I know a couple of words from uh, when we had an exchange student when I was a kid. But other than that, basically just to make sure that they weren't going on Tumblr or, you know, all the websites that kids can go on that are bored with school and whatnot. And um, so I ended up becoming full-time, and then I was coaching. And this was the year that uh, my partner and I had gotten married, so we were newlyweds. I had a puppy. Like, life was good, but it was busy. Or I should say life was good, but not great. Um, we had overcame, uh, I, I do apologize. You pause, go ahead and pause this. If you have kids listening to this, because I'm going to talk about some dark stuff and then, um, then you can listen to it first and then decide if you want your kids to hear it. Okay. So a year or two prior, uh, we had overcome as a family. Uh, there was a suicide in the family. Um, uh, my eldest stepdaughter's, um, boyfriend, they had broken up. And he wanted to get back together with her, as sometimes that happens in relationships. But she 
had gotten saved. She had gotten baptized, had started going to a private school. She was really turning her life around and was doing really well without him. Um, He ended his life. And uh, so we were processing through that as a family unit. And prior to getting married, my partner and I had um, done a six-month trial separation. We were going to church, like all, all of us, like her side of the family with her, or I should say the, the kid's mom's side of the family. Um, we were all going, attending church together when we lived next to his parents. And then when we moved, um, we separated for six months and like kind of started fresh to make sure that we did want to continue living and being together. Um, and he conned me, he conned me real good. And I think he conned himself too. Um, cause we were attending church. We were praying as a family. Um, I sensed that God was really present in our lives. Um, he had stopped, the heavy drinking that he had been doing for the previous four and a half, five years. And uh, we were doing well. And that summer, and um, we had gotten married right before the school year started. And so then back to the, this is where we're at. So it's my first year as a newlywed with a partner that I had been with. This was year five going on year six. And... Uh, going back to that company, that product that I had won, a free product, um, I had decided, okay, I uh, made a commitment to our relationship that I wasn't going to buy anything unless I had a full-time job because I wanted to make sure that I was respecting our budget, our finances, and I believe we had had a conversation about it, the cost factor and whatnot. Um, So when I got the full-time teaching job, I had purchased the product and I didn't understand how it worked because the woman that I had bought the free product from I didn't purchase from her there was a teacher in the school district um, that was another PE teacher uh, in the the first district that I worked in where I grew up in in Bethel schools Um, Miss Amy she was selling the product and she had asked if I wanted to buy it. And I had kind of forgotten the name of the other gal that I had won the product from. Didn't understand that, you know, the commissions or none of that. I didn't think about that factor. I was ready to buy it because I liked it. it. It cleared up my acne in eight days. And it wasn't marketed for that. But it was a natural healing plant that just, like, transformed my skin and I used to be on like the worst of the worst acne meds in high school where I had to take a blood test every month to make sure my organs were working and they had to have a psychological evaluation to make sure I wasn't having suicidal thoughts like it was hardcore um Accutane, if you ever heard of it or took it, um, you can't take it longer than six months at a time. You're not supposed to take it more than two two bouts uh, because it's so harmful on your system and it makes your skin sensitive to the sun and all kinds of things. And I tried that and it made my skin peel and it was burning and it was painful and it was prescribed from doctors and it didn't work. Like, it still didn't make my skin better. Uh, but this product was 
something that I didn't have to have a prescription for. It was something that was actually making my skin look and feel better, and I felt more confident. And I took a photo of myself with the product, and I texted it after I purchased it. For some reason, I had remembered the first gal, and I purchased it from, and I sent her the picture, and she was like, oh, that's awesome. She's like, um, who'd you buy it from? And I told her, and she's like, oh, okay, that's great. She, she's like, um, did she tell you about the, the business side of it? And I was like, no. And she's like, well, are you keeping your, your um, eyes open, or are you open to other streams of, of income? And I was like, yes. She was like texting me this. And she had no idea that uh, the year after graduate school, which was only a couple years prior to that, right around the time of the suicide in the family, I had five part-time jobs with a master's degree and still couldn't pay down my student loans. And they didn't, they didn't count them as qualifiable debt at that time when I was applying for state assistance because I couldn't. I was driving all over the state, and I was like, I will never go back to that again. I will never work that hard. It doesn't make sense. So I was open to other streams of income because working the traditional job thing, the job market was terrible, the economy was terrible, and I was doing my part. And when she said, are you open to other streams of income? I'm like, yes. She's like, well, you can actually make money from your cell phone, from your smartphone. And I was like, well, I don't have a smartphone. She's like, you'll have to get a smartphone. I was like, okay. Um, I had one, but I didn't really like it. It was like, I think it was like an Android or something at the time. It was, I just, I didn't know how to use it. And um, so I had upgraded to to another uh, smartphone that was a little bit easier to operate and whatnot. And um, I chatted with her and she's she had me talk with her mentor and do a three-way call and my husband and I were on that call with her and the person that she had me speak with I had no idea this woman knew my parents (laughs) she was like in the same bible study group as my parents like went to the church like she worked in the school district's office. She knew my choir teacher from high school, like very well connected. So I instantly trusted and they weren't pushy. They weren't salesy. They were just matter of fact, this is an opportunity to get in ground floor opportunity with this company. Um, you can make extra income just talking to two people a day. Cause I didn't have a lot of time and I never asked my partner for any assistance, financial assistance, ever, when we were not married, because I believed that I should be able to handle my finances unless we were married. Then we were joint, and then he was to be, in my mind, the provider of our family. So we had just gotten married. We had just joined our bank accounts. And keep in mind, I had five part-time jobs the year after graduate school, cohabitating with him, attending all events for his daughters, 
helping with grocery shopping, helping pay part of the bills. Never once did I ask for assistance. Then we get married. I am working. I am working full time. I am coaching. This is the first time I speak up about wanting to do something for me that would help benefit our family. So we're chatting with them and I had asked him to be a part of the call because it was something that I was interested in. He tried the product as well and he did notice a change in his skin and we did we sent our before and after photos to them and whatnot. So we knew that the product worked. We knew that it was a good like you can't sell something that doesn't work, right? Like you have to believe in something if you're gonna sell it. And they said, Well it's not about selling, it's just you're just having people try it. Take their before and after photos, like that's basically it. If they want to get in on the business side, then um, they do as you do, and you get a business kit, and you get products to share with people in, um, for your inventory. And, and so they went over a brief thing with us. We watched a video and got you know got the questions answered. And my husband was not supportive at all. He actually lied to them on the phone and told them that. We did not have the $500 to get started. And that was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back in our relationship for me. Because he got $26,000 every year just for breathing from his mom and dad. Tax-free because they were great about being good about jumping through the, the loops, the hoops and all that. Um, good about taxes, because his father was a professor in economy. And his parents were good about saving money and making sure they were very, very conscious about money. So for him to tell them a lie that we didn't have $500 to invest in something that I wanted to do, I was pissed. But the nice thing about this, uh, these people, is that these, these people were faith-based people that my parents knew. And they were not focused on money. They were focused on making a difference in other people's lives. And they joined this business because they believed in the mission of the top leaders and on the call, they said, that's no problem, Aaron. I know your parents, and if money is an issue, I will put forth the money to get you started, and you can pay me back when you earn it. That was their counter. If you want in on this, we will help you get in. Wow. So we hung up the phone. We thanked them for their time. We hung up the phone. And he and I never talked about it. But I knew I was going to get in anyway. Because I never ask for anything. If I ask for something, it is so difficult for me to ask for help. Because my father raised me to be an independent woman 
I started working at nine years old. I had two businesses. I had a paper route. We had a family paper route every Tuesday. Mom and I would go out and run the route. And I had a mouse business. And then when I was 11, I had a jewelry business. And I babysat. My parents didn't hand me anything in life. They taught me personal responsibility. And unfortunately for this this person that I was married to briefly and together for six years of my life, I learned a lot about myself. I grew a lot. And he's not a bad person. Uh, but he was tied to their money. To his family money. And multi-millionaires. And yet he didn't have $500 for the woman that was his partner. He didn't value me enough. And I had been praying for a way to stop struggling. And he wasn't, he wasn't the way for me. So we grew apart. So a few days later, I reached out to the gal. I prayed on it and I said, hey, is that opportunity still available? Can you guys still help me? She said, yeah. So I got started. We split it because I had some money, but I didn't have all the money to get started. And I did it outside of working full time as a teacher and coaching and having a puppy. I did it. I talked to two people a day. I got I grew uh, the organization so swiftly. I uh, got promoted within five weeks. I earned my investment back, which wasn't something that was like fast compared to other people, but I didn't compare myself to other people because I was working a lot of hours. So for me to get the investment back within the first 30 days, that was good. I earned my product for free. I got promoted to the next level. The next month I got promoted by the third month I had been promoted and I was a top volume salesperson for the organization for my top level leadership in my area. I was invited to a private luncheon in Tacoma and the top level leader at, the, at that time um, in our region wanted to know what I was doing differently and how I was growing my team and said, I'm looking for aces. I'm looking for people that are following the system, that are doing a great job. And um, at that point, my um, husband started investing in it because I was no longer spending time with him because I was busy building relationships, following the system, going to the weekly meetings, plugging in, learning how to talk to adults because I was antisocial. I could talk to kids all day long, um, but I was learning to overcome some social anxiety barriers, learning how to operate this smartphone and believing that this was an opportunity that the creator of the universe had put into my hands. So I took it seriously. Uh, one of my team members, I was playing this uh, Texas Hold'em game on, on the phone. It was like Big Fish, I think it was. And uh, he actually was in Texas. And I haven't checked in on him in a while. I need to follow up with him. But um, he was actually a recruiter for the military, I want to say the Army um, J. Rotsi program, he wanted a better life for his family. He became one of my brand partners, which is essentially what I became for 
um, when you sign up for the business. And I started getting a lot of growth. I wasn't making a whole lot of money yet, but I was building the foundation of how to start a business, how to talk to people, how to operate this smart device, how to learn social media. Their main thing was on Facebook. And so I was learning how to create content, um, to create interest, uh, to create uh, my own leads list, et cetera, et cetera, and earning the product and um, getting plugged into what the leaders were doing, going to the trainings, getting plugged in and building a social circle of pro-social level of relationships and friendships and realized at that point that I had a way out of the relationship because at that point he started to drink again. We stopped going to church. Um, He stopped praying and one drunken evening he told me that God wasn't real, that prayer was stupid, and basically that I was I was stupid for believing in God. And I was like, wow, your faith is so small. He had forgotten what we had overcome as a family. He had forgotten that his daughter was blamed for the suicide of her boyfriend. And that we walked, we walked through that as a family unit. We had unity, both he and his ex-wife and and her new husband. Like, we were in unity. We were doing well when we were in prayer, when we had the creator of the universe in the center of our relationship. Or so I thought. It seemed like we were doing well. As soon as he had conned me into marrying him, I think he thought that that was it, that he didn't have to work on our relationship and that he didn't have to keep his word. Um, He struggled with his identity, um, being an adopted child. And sometimes adopted children don't know their identity because they try to be chameleons to whoever... um, they're around, not all adopted children, but um, he struggled with it. And I, and I witnessed it, how different he behaved when we lived next to his parents for two years compared to when we were far away, like a few hours away um, from them, his, his adopted parents um, versus his biological, because he had a relationship with both his biological mother and father that were not married together. And he was different depending on whoever he was around And I couldn't stand that because I am the same no matter who I'm around. If if my behavior does change for the worse, then I know that that's not someone I should be associated with anymore. But I'm I'm pretty in tune with with myself. And uh, a deal breaker for me, and I never would have married him, honestly, is if we were not aligned with faith. And, and I had that, that crying conversation with my father before he even proposed to me because I said, Dad, I think he's, 
I pulled over on the side of the road. I was like, Dad, I think he's he's going to propose to me. And he's I don't know if he's really believing in God or not. Like, we've been through so much good but so much bad. And I will not marry him unless he really believes in God. I need you to ask him. I need you if he asks you out for dinner. Uh, I need you to ask him. So either he lied to my dad or my dad was caught up in the money and forgot. The good thing about struggles and challenges is that it does truly make us stronger. Because after that drunken night where he told me that God wasn't real, that was that was it. That was it for me. So uh, I was thinking about getting and strongly um, researching getting a PhD at the time. So I was looking into different school programs and whatnot. And we were on a vacation together to his uh, biological mother's side of the family. And I had flown back to our home. And I was going to take the prereq classes to get into this PhD program. And something told me, not yet, this isn't the, this isn't the program and that separation that time away from him I did not miss him one bit I was actually so happy building friendships and relationships with strangers because they were aligned faith wise and made the decision to separate from him I knew that it was not going to be easy that I knew that the creator of the universe did not desire for me to be with someone that was not equally yoked. And it didn't matter that his parents had millions of dollars that he would be getting when they died. I did not care, and I've never cared about money like that. Yes, you need money to pay your bills to survive, But my faith system, my belief system says that the creator will provide for me, for my daily bread. And I desire to not have so much that I don't depend on God anymore. And not have so little that I have to steal, but just give me enough. Just give me enough so that I can be a lender and not a borrower. And I'm not quite to that lender stage yet in life uh, because I went through a divorce and it has been financially devastating for years. Um, I am... I am glad that I separated from this person, though, because they had conned me into believing that they were a person of faith. Conned my father. 
and they will have to speak to their maker about that one day. We continue to press forward in life, no matter how difficult circumstances are. If you're going through a divorce right now, or you're thinking about going through a divorce, I strongly encourage you to get seek some counsel first. I didn't need to because I knew that he lied about faith and that was that was a deal breaker because I never would have married him in the first place. Um, and people speak their truth when they're drunk. And I had had enough drunken nights where he disrespected me that I didn't need one more and that was that was that broke the camel's back. So if you are in a relationship, you're not happy, you haven't been happy for a long time, and you're concerned about um, if faith is a concern, you're not equally yoked. Um, there are some scriptures that say that you can be, if you're of the same faith system as, as I am, you can be married to someone that isn't, but it's not encouraged because it is challenging, especially if you have kids involved. And it's like, oh, one person's going to church, but not both. And the kids are like, do I go to church? Do I not? Like, it's confusing. And confusion is not of God in my belief system. Um, unity, love, harmony, you know, grace, all those things are a part of the Creator. I encourage you to seek counsel. Maybe it's um, faith-based counseling. Maybe it's not. Uh, write out pros and cons because uh, if you get separated legally separated it, it, it is pretty financially devastating um, we had a joint bank account and uh, I had merged into his account didn't realize that he was like the head of the account and how that works but he was able to legally uh, well no sorry illegally but he still was able to do it his lawyer friend advised him to move out all of our money to another account and he had taken one or two of my paychecks from the school district <laughs> I had zero income coming in because I had been laid off of my guaranteed teaching job even though it was a continuing contract they had a loophole in the school district because we had moved back to the house that we had first been uh, living in together before we got married, and I had been teaching in a new school district that I'd never taught before. Didn't know that I was down at the bottom of the totem pole and was first to be uh, laid off uh, for budget cuts. They might have hired me back the following school year, but I needed money right then and then. I didn't need to wait. Um, applied for a state assistance to get unemployment temporarily. So eventually, once I could figure that out, I missed a lot of weeks of the unemployment. They said, nope, you just don't get it. You missed it, it's your fault. Um, so I had people from this direct sales organization had been reaching out to other people within the, the unity, the community, People helped me pay my car payment, helped me pay for it. I had my back went out one day and I didn't have any medical coverage because this person that I had spent five plus years taking care of his kids canceled illegally during our divorce process, canceled my medical insurance somehow. 
even the school district was not legally allowed to cancel it during the divorce process, but they somehow, through loopholes, were able to cancel it. And so I couldn't use my medical card to go to a doctor when my back went out, when I um, had totaled a rental vehicle trying to bring a renter in to help me split the rent cost and whatnot. It was a very challenging time, very financially devastating time. So if you're going through a divorce or you're thinking about going through a divorce, think about the consequences, financial consequences. Can you afford it? If you're thinking about getting married to someone, make sure all of your core values are in alignment. What doesn't kill us certainly makes us stronger, but divorce, marriage impacts not just you, it impacts the whole society around you. All of these people that stepped up to help me did not need to help me. They desired to help me because people in the top level leadership saw that I was following the system and they wanted to help me through a challenging time. Many of them faith-based people. I am extremely grateful. And I have nothing but positive things to say about the organization. They ha- they had changed their top-level leadership, um, uh, some of their board members, and I guess that's pretty standard with any organization. People leave, they get asked to leave, they have new leadership come in. Uh, but for the most part, their foundation... Their pillars didn't change. And that has to do with the the founder, Jeff Olson. He created a compensation plan. uh, The first go-around with their original business name, that when I joined it was the original business name, uh, that made sure that he did not take any money from the compensation plan, he desired to create a business to transform people's lives, to make people better, because he has been financially rich, he has been financially poor, and he doesn't need any extra money. So when he created the first compensation plan, he made sure that he was not in the pie chart at all. So the breakdown of money towards the marketing, towards promotions, towards you know, all these things, towards the brand partners, the bonuses, everything. He didn't have, he, his name was not anywhere listed in there. He was just doing something out of the goodness of his heart, his family, or incredible people the leadership incredible and unfortunately uh, when people start making money you attract people to your organization you start doing a great job money can change people and some of the top level leaders including the number one income earner for the company at the time in 2016 I got to sing at her house I got to be the musical entertainment because I plugged myself in on one of her posts she was doing a roaring 20s themed party 
and I got to sing alongside a pianist that uh, Ray Hayden actually connected me to the pianist and uh, you might have heard his name a few episodes ago Uh, he's a part of the band Grieve the Astronaut as well as he's got a few other bands as well Um, he and Surga were a part of our real entertainment therapy experience the 2.0 version in August a really great human being Um, he is a military veteran And he connected me to a piano player. Now, I got to sing at her house. She had made the most money. She had the biggest team in the whole entire company. And they made $100 their first year with one product with zero paid advertising. I started in year, I think it was was the third year when I joined in 2015. So almost one full year later in February of 2016... I was 11 months in, and I got to sing for the number one income earner and all of the top income earners in the Northwest, as well as the volunteers and whatnot. It was the most fun experience for me. I did it for free. She asked what my price was for singing, for entertaining, but for me, music is fun, and I I thought it would be more valuable to be connected to all the top income earners um, because I desire to sing, to entertain, to perform. And uh, I love teaching as well, young aspiring performers and whatnot. Like for me, do what you love and the money will come. I wasn't worried about the money. I've never been worried about money. When your faith system is strong enough that you believe that you will be taken care of, that you will be provided for, you learn that sometimes you do have to ask for help and it's humbling. Um, But when, when money is not your focus, when making an impact is your focus, your faith is stretched, doors open for you. I only had had the smartphone at that point that I knew how to operate for like 11 months. And within that short amount of time, I had been able to sing for this direct sales company that actually beat pretty much every record in the direct sales industry, which is a 150-year-plus industry. I got to sing for the number one income earner. Think about that, how powerful our smart devices are when you believe, when you take action to move towards things that you were designed to do, to, to um, operate in your area of strength. Now, if I had a physical art skill where I could like draw things or like build things with my hands, I would spend more time doing that. Think about what it is that you lose track of time doing. That brings you joy. Or maybe it doesn't, maybe you don't associate it with joy, but you feel like a sense of accomplishment, like you did what you were supposed to do. That is where you should spend more time every day. And if time is of concern to you, maybe you have a family, you have young kids you got to take care of, and you don't have a lot of extra spare time, 10 minutes. You can do 10 minutes a day. If you do not have 10 minutes to give to yourself, 
then you need to take inventory of how you are spending time. Maybe you watch less Netflix movies or shows. Maybe you have to talk with your partner about rearranging some things. Tell your kids you can't be a part of five soccer teams. You can choose two. Get 10 minutes, at least 10 minutes a day doing something that you love. If you're spending hours and hours doing what you love, you might have to back up a little bit and get back plugged in with your family. One of the things that really helped me a part of this organization when I started in the drug sales company, um, they had, uh, the top leadership was great. They actually paid for business coach, uh, father and daughter team to coach the top level income earners. And they had this planner, this achievement planner that all the top income earners were using to help them balance their life, both the financial side as well as the personal side. Because isn't that the goal in life, to enjoy every aspect? What what good would it be if you had all of this money but no time to spend it? What good would it be if you had all of this uh, financial resources but you never had any time for your family? So I encourage you, if you don't have a planner yet, look up the Achievement Planner. Um, I've been using it since then, since 2015 when I purchased it. And in 2020 when I got hacked real bad and my home was broken into and they pretty much tried to destroy my businesses and take me out of this world, um, they couldn't ruin my planner because it's a physical planner that you write in with your hand. It's an old school, non-tech thing. It takes more time to do it, uh, but there is a psychological transformation that takes place when you write things down, when you have a system that helps you organize your life. It helps you to get more things accomplished. And I do it also with a grain of salt, keep in mind that um, the creator of the universe is in charge of it all, so plans change, Um, but it does help me to write things down so that I don't have to remember low-level cognitive things in my brain, that I can free up my mind space for deeper-level projects that I believe, or songs that I believe the creator desires for me to share with the world. So do what works best for you. Um, it's, it's not um, inexpensive. I think it's like $100 or maybe a little bit more than that to get yourself started. And you could buy the filler sheets and whatnot. Um, if you don't have a, a planner that you like, I encourage you to get that. Um, it's through David Bird, B-Y-R-D, the Achievement Planner. Um, just Google it. You can go on the website and get yourself a a planner shipped to your door. I'm grateful for the father and daughter team because when I first launched my podcast, I was looking for top-level leaders to speak and share their stories from different perspectives, different business um, leadership perspectives because I believe that the creator put on my heart to help people with depression like myself and 
Depression is the most expensive condition in the world. It's the most diagnosed condition in the world. And it's the least financially supported in the workplace, according to the World Health Organization statistics. They estimated prior to the shutdown, uh, the pandemic shutdown in 2019, I forget what month the research was released, uh, they estimated at least $1 trillion of lost productivity had taken place because they did not have the proper operational capacities for people with depression and anxiety in the workplace. $1 trillion. I imagine it is much greater than that, especially now. Organizations are starting to bring to light, bring awareness to the fact that people with mental illness are all around us. We all struggle with mental health concerns uh, because we have seasons where we are going through challenging times, right? If you're going through a divorce right now, it's not as easy as when you were happily married, right? <clears throat> you can't see mental illness. You can see the behavioral changes within a person, um, but it is it is something that is challenging. It's not like a broken leg, right, where you, you see the cast and it's evident. It's physically evident. <clears throat> When you have your faith system so strong that no matter what you're going through, you believe it's going to get better, you speak. Your words are so powerful when you speak things over your life and over other people's lives. If, you, if you're going through an incredible season where nothing is going wrong for you, uh, we really encourage you at Move Happy and our nonprofit arm, Erin Nicole Ministries, to pray for others or think positive thoughts if you are not a person of prayer. Um, but your, your thoughts are powerful, and if you speak your thoughts aloud, they're incredibly powerful. I had a guest on my podcast, mm, I forget what month, but I know it was last year. Catherine spoke about some research that had been released about the power of our words, and there was uh, molecules of water they had played different music I believe it was and different words were spoken to the water molecules the water molecules had changed shape based on there was like hard rock music that was going on and it actually transformed the shape of the water molecules now our bodies are like what 75 85 percent water depending on how hydrated we are and so if we could actually change the molecules the shape of water in a glass or in a cup don't you think we also have the power to change the molecules, the shape through music, through words within our own bodies? And if we're changing the molecules, what does that mean? Does that mean that we become more sharp? Maybe. Does it mean that we become hard, hard to deal with, hard to work around? Perhaps. Our words are powerful. When you speak, what you want, you attract more of what you desire. <clears throat> and it does say in Psalms 42, I do apologize, you're not supposed to want. So when you speak things that you would like, um, speak things like you believe, affirm things to be true before they are true. And if the creator of the universe desires for those things to come your way, we do believe that they will. Now, the timing of which, who knows? The creator desires 
for you to do well. The creator desires for you to have hope, to have positive thoughts of your future. No matter what you are struggling with, no matter what you are going through right now, the creator is looking out for your good. And the more you choose to focus on the good and speak it aloud, the more it becomes a part of your reality. Doesn't mean that you hide from the truth if you're going through a hard season. It means that despite losing a family member recently, despite my aunt passing away from stage four cancer when I was in graduate school, I knew that the creator desired for goodness to come out of that. I had actually had a phone call with her. It was such a blessing, but also very painful because I spoke to my aunt, my mom's uh, next, my mom is a baby, so the next youngest in the family line. She was a music teacher for 30 plus years in Chicago public schools. She taught mainly, I believe, elementary music. I wasn't super close with her, but she visited a few times and I remember learning some music from her and whatnot. And she she didn't have a lot of energy when I was in graduate school. She had time or energy for one thing each day. And that was basically like her body was spent the rest of the day. Like one day she washed her hair. And that was, that was the thing she did that day. And <clears throat> this particular day she chose to speak to me for an hour. And, uh... She shared her heart with me. She shared that she wished that the family would not be sad that she was ready to go. She was not afraid of where she was going. And she gave me some practical tips on diet things to look out for since <clears throat> since I was in the genetic family line and whatnot um, she said we have found through the research that our uh, program she was a part of they measured her cancer numbers and when she ate meat deli meat that did not have nitrites and nitrates in it that her cancer numbers went down. And when she had them, uh, added them back into her diet, her cancer numbers went back up. A medicine that was working for her was not FDA approved. And it cost, I want to say, $8,000? No, it was $20,000. It was $20,000 a month. For a 30-day supply for the medication that was keeping my aunt alive. This is what my uncle Franco told me, um, her husband. She passed away a month later, not because they didn't have the cure available. She passed away because they maxed out five credit cards, 25000 a pop, to keep her alive. And they could not afford to keep her alive anymore. 
so they decided to let her go because they couldn't. She died because they ran out of money. And I'm grateful that she decided out of all the things she chose to spend time with me. And uh, I don't think at that point that I had decided what I was going to do for my project or even if I was going to do a project or thesis for my master's because I want to say that was right in the fall of 2010 when I spoke with her I remember it was my first year because I had lived uh, in this quadplex my first year and after that phone call The creator of the universe gave me a song to release that was as if I was my aunt singing to the rest of the family and singing to the world, letting go of this time on this earth and trusting in the afterlife. And I'm extremely emotional about it right now because a few years later I moved across the country to start fresh after a broken engagement, after a promotion that I had earned in the psych hospital in seven months that my boss told me no one in 30 years was ever interviewed for. And then I lost it because the state legislators decided not to support people with mental illness. even though they did not work in our facility and I was starting fresh and my family member needed help support through their divorce process I moved across the country and my computer that I had had in graduate school stopped turning on it was going so slow that I had to upgrade my computer and my data didn't transfer over and I lost that song I had emailed it out to the family. I had emailed it out to my mom. And I think she sent it out to her sisters. Never tried to sell the song. It's not about selling music. Yeah, you can make great money in the music industry selling your music. And I'm not against that. I've made some money uh, performing and whatnot. And it brings me joy when I make money. It brings me joy when I do things out of uh, the goodness of my heart. That song, though, that was a healing song for me. And it brought joy to 
people that didn't even have a faith system. I shared it actually with uh, my friend Rachel in grad school, who I later my second year ended up living with half the year. Shared it with her and she she loved it. She was like, thank you for sharing this with me. Because she cared about her family and she could tell that I cared about mine. And earlier this year when my husband and I separated, initially he had been really angry at me because he thought that I was a part of whatever was going on with my nonprofit business partner and her betrayal. <clears throat> and uh, that computer data is with my husband, so I'm hoping that he didn't destroy it. I'm hoping that he's looking through all the files to help restore things for me. And I believe in my faith system, I believe that he still desires to do the right thing. Even though there has been a lot of confusing things going on in the world. A lot of political games, both sides of the political parties are trying to destroy the other side. But ultimately, love wins. Ultimately, faith wins. And people can take every possession of mine and destroy it, but they cannot take my faith, they cannot take my joy. no matter what challenging circumstances you're going through, I encourage you to keep going, to keep fighting, fight for your family, fight for your job if you love where you're at, fight for your children if you're going through a divorce process and you're trying to figure out the parenting plan and you believe your partner is not of sound mind, even if they're traditionally the partner that would get the kids more frequently, fight for your kids. Our faith is our belief system in the future that we don't see. Our faith is our belief system in something greater than our circumstances. We can have faith in people, we can have faith in inanimate objects, but ultimately they will fail us. I encourage you to look deep into your spirit. And ask yourself, what do I believe in no matter what that will bring stability no matter what? that being, that entity, that deity, whatever that is for you. Encourage you to plug in, have some quiet time every day. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode has been about faith. Again, impromptu. 
hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you are able to, to, to take something away from this and take some action in your life. That's the highest level of learning is to transfer it from knowledge to action. If you want to share what you've been able to accomplish through learning this, I would love to read about it on social. You could tag us if you like. We're pretty much everywhere on social media. Um, if you'd like to email us, you can. Feel free. Uh, don't think the email is working for me to send right now. But I believe you can send in an email. And if you desire to help correct the wrong from the bank thieves, from the government contractors that have been trying and trying and trying and trying and trying to destroy my family and my businesses ongoing for two years. You can talk to your top level leadership in your area to do some investigations for us. We'd appreciate it. Bring my husband home. Would really appreciate it. time for adult politicians and military leaders to stop playing games and to be good examples for the children that are watching, be good examples for the humans that are watching. Do the right thing all the time. That's what good leaders do. Thanks, guys. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.